0: Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Something I always wondered about people that have intuition, psychic abilities, if you will, what's that like for them? Are they always connected to some other universe? How does that feel? We're going to talk to somebody who's going to give us some more insight on that. She is intuitive, she's a card reader. She provides insight for many. She's an amazing storyteller as well. I just, the list goes on, her credentials, and she's back with us. It's Janice Reed. Hi, Janice. How are you?
1: Hi. Hi, Steve. Um, I'm doing pretty good. I'm I'm adjusting to different changes in my world right in time for this time of year. And it occurred to me, I'm getting a lot of people uh, telling me what they know I think and stuff. And it, it dawns on me, I wonder how many people have ever thought about what it's like to live a life similar to mine, where I walk around with one foot among the living and one foot among the not. And the not varies. You know, it could be my great-grandmother or yours, history lessons, all sorts of things. But people come up and they want to talk to me and they don't, most of them don't realize How sensitive I am. I've talked around among a few other people I know that I've, are of similar ilk. And most of us tend to live apart from other people just because it's not as jarring. This living with one foot here and one foot there, I've always done that. I didn't learn how at a seminar or study with some great poobah, I came in this way. So for the longest time, I thought this was how everybody lived their life. And, and wondered why they would laugh at me when I'd say something that big granny said. Because, you know, she'd been gone for a while. How did I know that? It, it worked out that my mother and some other people caught on to what I was doing. And somebody called me a seer when I was a little titty kid. I wasn't as tall as the kitchen table yet. And somebody said, well, she's a little seer. And that that kind of stuck with me. That seems to be a title that I can still refer myself as. But it is I. Grow up and I've and I've gone around the world a little bit and around the country a little bit, met different peoples of different different kinds of thought waves. It it's just really dawned on me that people are unaware what the day life is for folks like me. I met a woman named Tess. Tess is an amazing seer. She's west of me somewhere. I'll leave her out. But I asked her, I was at a, in, a, in the same room with her one day. And I said, well, if you don't mind, because I hate asking, but do you see anybody around me? And she started laughing. She actually had a little guffaw. And she said, "Besides your mother, she looks just like you. Well, she didn't know anything about my mother. I could have looked like my father, but no, I looked like my mother. And that's who she saw. She said, and then she went on and described the cut, cut of her hair, the way her glasses were shaped. I mean, she just described my mother she'd never seen or heard of my mother, but she just, Tess can see things very solidly. Not everybody sees it that way. Sometimes I see it that way and I get confused. I went to see, uh, to visit with my husband, a friend of his, and we stayed at this man's house. The gentleman had recently been widowed and he had a big two-story, big, big house by the sea and We were on our way upstairs. He and my husband were talking downstairs and I was going to go upstairs and put my suitcase up, you know, in the room. And as I got to the bottom of the step and I looked up, there's a woman standing up there at the top of the stairs and she's got her arms akimbo. And she has this look on her face that says, who are you? And what are you doing here in my husband's house? And and later I found out that, yes, she was a slightly jealous woman. And uh, that's who had met me at the top of the stairs. I mean, this woman threw shadows. I almost dropped my suitcase and took out a Ming vase. It's just ordinary people would have been able to go up those stairs and not have a problem with, with things like that. My husband's recently passed, so I've looked for him. I don't see him. He successfully removed himself from the house as he left. So that's nice. I don't have, I'm not tripping over him. I hear from him. Or like this woman in Oklahoma. I was in Norman, Oklahoma. I live not far from the square there. And I was up at a little place called Cafe Espresso. And I walked outside, walked down the sidewalk. When a woman came around the corner at the other end of the sidewalk, she's totally out of place. She is the epitome of little Italian woman. She's got the little little floral dress on. She's It's in black. She's got the shoes that look too big for her feet and her hair's done up. And she's she motions to me and she's coming straight at me. She's coming around the corner like she was expecting me. So I walked up. We started talking. We talked about her son, how he had some troubles in the war. And she wanted me to take care of him. He needed somebody to look out for him because he he didn't realize he was off the rocker. I thought, that's a strange conversation for just some strange woman to walk up and start talking to me when she walked on through me and back. She was not a solid woman. She was a hate worried about her son that was still alive. Within minutes, this long-haired man came around the corner looking like a wild person in a fancy suit. And there was her son. She stood right up there beside him and said, this is my son. This is John. I had to ask if John was a real person or not, because at that point, I didn't know. Who knows what people thought of me standing on the street corner talking to him. I wasn't really sure, but it turned out John was a real person. His mom had been a real person, and she'd been following him around, looking for somebody to talk to, to help him out. And I guess I was the first person with that could talk like I do and be alive that she found that she could talk to, which was just very strange to me. So sometimes people come up and start talking to me, and I don't know if they're real or not real. And people, I hate to just point fingers, more like you, will wonder, what is wrong with her? What is she mumbling about? Why did she do that instead of the other thing? That wasn't unexpected. And it's because I get these little messages from the other side. Well, traditionally, late October, this is when the soothsayers, my dad called me, he likes calling me a soothsayer, where the veils would be thin and spirits could go back and forth. And most everybody could have an experience like I have every day, getting worried. The older I get, the more I get worried, (laughs) just how exciting those days will be. You ever had to, have you ever walked up and realized that you were not talking to a a real person, Steve? Can't remember the last time that happened. (laughs) Um,
0: There was times where I waved to somebody thinking it was somebody I knew. And I'm like, Oh, you're not that person, but I, okay. So questions, Janet, Janice, you, you say you have one foot here and one foot on the other side. How do you know it's the other side? Maybe it's another That's dimension. Wh- mm-hmm. Okay. And then my other question is, you say you don't feel the connection to your husband. I've heard from some that you're not supposed to get a psychic reading, uh, You know, go to a medium after somebody has recently passed you should wait some time mm-hmm. i don't know why i've often heard that maybe that comes into play so those are my two questions for you
1: well let the first be last and the last be first i think that contacting someone reaching out to contact someone recently passed over would be like contacting me on this side would be on it's confusing you know why are you talking to me and are you real mm. I- and, and then you get just, dist- I, I would be distracted and I might get caught up and stay too long in a world I don't live in anymore and get trapped or confused, lost on the pathways. I think that's why a lot of, in some cultures, in some countries, they wipe out any clue of the last of the person so that nobody ever thinks of them again, so that they don't hinder the deceased's journey on towards the path that they go on next. So that they don't want to offer confusion to a spirit. And they just, so they just cut them off. And then there's people, other people that, you know, bury them under the kitchen table so that they'll always be close.
0: Well, okay. I got to ask this question. Always wondered when somebody does pass, is it a transitional process or are they just there?
1: Well, it, I guess that depends on what depends means. It, it's transitional as far as I can tell. Um, sometimes it starts before they leave their body on this side. They see it coming and they come welcoming. They go up to it, welcome it in. Um, hmm. but once once you're in the new neighborhood, you kind of have to find it, your way around, <laughs> you know, locate all the cool houses and people. okay. So it's sort of like that. Um, you, you You may find people that you recognize, situations you recognize. You may lose your hairbrush because you know you don't need a hairbrush on that side, but you look for it because that was the last thing you looked at. It's it's, uh, it's getting used to it, customizing yourself hmm. to a new, the new schoolhouse. Um, it helps to put this life in perspective because from that side, you have a broader view of where it fits in your own soul's evolution. I think we're all trying to get perfect again so we can all go back home, but we can't go until we're perfect. So there's a lot of trial and errors. Sometimes you have to kiss frogs and eat bad cookies, but, you know, we learn it. <laughs> We live and learn, Um, because we've never done it before. Well, we sure don't remember doing it before, or maybe when we get on the other side, we do remember it, and Mm. we're we're, depending on how we are, (laughs) mm, how our understanding is when we cross. When people, you you
0: bring up an interesting point, though. Yeah. Past life, we don't Mm. know if it exists. I personally think it may, and I get more and more a believer of that. You know, Mm. even in the last couple of years of my journey do I have proof? No. Things people have told me, and I I feel it's been validated, but you wouldn't know until you're there, or you're on the other side and realize that there were other
1: lives before you that you were in. We don't know. Yeah, I could tell you stories that had proof in them, but you would still need to see that proof for yourself, because otherwise it's just hearsay. I agree. I mean, I've, I've been satisfied, but that doesn't mean that my stories will satisfy you. You'd have to You'd have to meet some of these characters.
0: And it's not that I wouldn't believe you because I I feel you're very genuine, but, you know, seeing is believing experiences is experiencing. It is believing you wouldn't know until, you know, so uh, we'd have to experience it for ourselves to really know that there is another, uh, another life that we could have been in. When, when somebody passes, do you believe their spirit is still here?
1: I threw Henry out the window. (laughs) I did. I didn't want him trapped up in here and have to burn the Hogan down. So I opened it up the side wall and let his car go out the window as he passed. And uh, it did. He's he's definitely not in the house, but he's around. He keeps uh, handing me things I need and showing me where, they, where he put things so I could find them later. Uh, but there's no, like in some houses I've been in, they're definitely still in there. The friend in New Orleans, I drove 14 hours. Of eight, I worked eight hours and then got in the car and drove 14 more down to New Orleans because I wanted to be there for the next day. And I go up to the third floor to lay down because it's quiet up there. And this couch starts, it feels like it's rocking side to side. Well, there's an old man that lives in the house. Honestly, true story. He used to live down the, ha- down the street a couple of houses, but he didn't like the people that eventually moved in there. And he moved down the street to my friend's house and he went up to the attic and that's where he stays. He's an old shipbuilder. I'd heard the stories, I'd felt eyes on the back of my head. But I'm laying there and I'm tired and the, the whole the whole couch is going from side to side. So I'm I asked myself, was that is that you? You know, are are if you're if that's really you, and this is really you, the ghost, why don't you make me rock forward and back instead of side to side? Because then I'll know it's you. And the couch stopped moving, and I started going forward and back, head to foot, head to foot, head to foot. It made me laugh. That guy, he likes me. He likes to sit on the steps and goof with my hair. It's it's very physical. He likes it there. He likes that it was built by another shipbuilder. On the second floor, there's a room in this house with the pencil drawing of how to build a clipper ship. It's, that's who built the house, you know, it was, it was another shipbuilder. So this spirit Didn't like who took over his house and he found a new house that was similar and he lives there now. And he was welcomed and he's been, you know, made welcome. So that's where he stays. There's no reason for you to believe any of that. But if I took you to this house and he didn't like you, you would not like that house. You would want to leave. He's he's very demonstrative and demanding. He's very kind, but he's got his limits. Sometimes I think spirits like his... Like where they are, they like the situation. they don't want to go. It is heaven. Heaven is a well-made ship, so that's where he stays in a well- made house.
0: if he's happy, we're happy, and I could tell you stories, signs that I've gotten from my mom, even mm. even about a month ago, which was very specific. You probably wouldn't believe it, and I could show oh, I-, I-, <laughs> I could show you the proof I was asking, I don't know if I ever shared this. I was throwing vibes out to my mom, like, show me, you know, things are going to be okay with a certain situation or just show me you're around. It's been a while. And I got a new cable modem in my office here, right underneath the desk. And the guy leaves. So I flip it over because I got to get the password, you know, to set up all the devices and everything. Now, mind you, I was asking for a sign, the password, which is automatically computer generated. They just slap a label on there. Is four digits dash Rose dash two digits. Rose is my mom's name.
1: Hi, mom. I was going to wonder if that was her name under there.
0: (laughs) Am I making it up? No. No. I can show you the modem. You could say, oh, come on. You asked them for that password. Oh, it's a coincidence. Yeah, it could be a coincidence, but there's other signs that are just as uh, strong as that one. And I was vibing her and I got that sign. So to me, that's a sign. I'm good with that. I think mom, mom says hi. Yeah. Yeah. The, the digits surrounding her name and I have it up on the wall, the Wi-Fi passwords. I don't forget it. Uh, not sure what they mean. And I've played with the number combinations, played lottery. Um, it, it, nothing. I haven't figured that out. She's sending me a sign. She wants me to know something about those numbers. I don't know what they are. If I play with them, they always gravitate back to 11 and seven. I know they're lucky numbers, but they do come back. And 11 does resonate for me in many, many, many different ways. Um, But I haven't figured that out, but whatever, you know, someday I will, it'll present itself, but the Rose thing. All right. You know, that's my, you know, that's my shipbuilder in the house story. You don't have to believe it. I choose to because timing uh, specifics, it's all there.
1: Yeah. Sometimes there's just no denying it. And that's, that's kind of nice because it, For me, it reminds me that life is continual. It's cyclical. It's not going to stop. When I close my eyes that last time I closed these eyes, it's only so I can get a better look on what's going to come up into view next. I, I really, life is an, is a force. It can't be stopped just because something stops breathing. That life force continues. How it continues or in what shape or manner would I would think, depend upon where it comes from, you know, which person we're talking about, which deceased person or dog or cat. You've heard about animals coming back and, you know, what, licking their owners on their face after they've gone. Mm. When, a, when a, a spirit is a kind of a, of a named energy, it's a defined area of spirit. Uh, yours looks like your, your part looks like you, my part looks like me. Everybody's, you know, has their own little part, but we're all kind of like holograms of the whole thing, just looking different. So whether or not we are breathing to be alive seems such a small thing when there's so much more to life than just breathing. Of course, you know, I think out there. (laughs) Well, that brings me to
0: whether or not the energy, the spirit of somebody continues and their human vessel, if you will, is no longer here. I always wondered when you talk to mediums, I always wonder, you know, how are they doing that? Because now I feel that the energy is still around and they pick up on it, like tuning into a radio station, TV, whatever. And then those signs from my mom, well, you know what? I feel she's around. Sometimes I feel closer. Than I And we had a great relationship. I feel closer now than when she was here in many regards. Uh, you know, because I talk to her more and I get those signs. So to me, spirit is around it's the energy from that person doesn't go away it's here mm-hmm.
1: we call it to us we say here i am mom talk to me mama i miss you and the lines of communication reopen they they come close so that sometimes they reopen yeah like rose like standing you know hanging out in your room with you um so this time of year a lot of times people will ask me to do a reading for them mm concerning some past person in their life. I can get hesitant because this is the time of year where it's like listening to a whispered conversation in the middle of, say, a Rolling Stones concert. There's so many voices, it's hard to hear that one little one. Some people choose this time of year to, to do that work, though. It's nice, touch base. I like teaching other people, helping them understand how they can get in touch with their own family members, ancestors.
0: When you say this time of year, are you saying because the holidays are coming up, Halloween is coming up, All Saints Day, um, both maybe?
1: I think so. It's a, they're man-made holidays, but if enough people concentrate on one thing, it becomes important. Mm. um, Sort
0: of like like Valentine's Day.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's just a date put out there. But what But if you look at it, as an agricultural thing, we're coming back towards the, the short days of the year. Days are going to start getting shorter. The, the night comes quicker. The darkness comes quicker. And with the darkness comes the unknown and the things that go bump in the night. And so the idea of spirits getting closer when the walnut tree lo- just lobs every nut it's got in there on top of my roof. It sounds like ghosts and haints, but it's the walnut trees going blah, 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 like bullets. It's the change of the leaves. It's the different smells. It's the sense of settling in for the winter, turning into ourselves and our thoughts, our memories, our patterns and habits. We become more thinking of more internal things than outternal. Outternal, that should be a word. You're not thinking about.
0: See, but do you think about things that are internal at night? Octurnal? Internal? Aucturnal. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I think there's somewhere in there. A little, we'll talk to the English teachers later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, We start thinking about stuff. I mean, in the summer, in the warm months, we're outside, we're working, we're doing things, we're active, we're engaged with other things. But all that goes away when we get snowed in, you know, or, or, or into the winter months and the dark months where it's more difficult to go outside. and You can't go fishing and you can't go swimming. It's too cold. So you just stay inside and try to stay warm. And the mind turns into itself and we start recollecting things. Since we can't do them, we recollect doing them. people we did them with. Oh, people we did with. like my sister. My goodness, she taught me how to blow bubble gum. (laughs) You know how to tie my shoe back to where my grandfather scorched the feathers off the chicken back to where my mother hit the the mule to go around a circle to make the cane get turned into sugar water. It just, we turn internal and we start to connect more with our own spirits rather than outside. When we do that, we find out we can connect. It isn't difficult. It simply requires practice. And maybe maybe you're right.
0: Now this time of year, days are shorter. You're focusing on less, maybe outdoor activities and maybe can focus more internally and maybe think Mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, Just about out of time. Interesting talk. Mm <laughs> with with one foot on the other side,
1: one foot and you, one foot, and you don't know where it is. It's just wherever God puts it. But uh, take pity on us, poor seers. <laughs> Y'all take pity on us, incredibly intuitive folks and extra sensitive people, because we're delicate creatures, and we know all your secrets and where you've hidden them in the garden.
0: <laughs> all right, that's that's alarming. <laughs> <laughs>
1: How do we uh how do we find you? Your email address? Uh email email goddess Janice2. I'm daughter number two. Goddess Janice2 at Outlook.com. I guess it's Outlook because I have a different one. So goddess Janice2 at Outlook.com, hit me up on Facebook. That's pretty easy. I'm Janice Reed. Goddess in training.
0: I don't think you need any more training.
1: But then let me let me, re- let me rethink
0: that. I think we're always learning.
1: If we're not learning, we're dying.
0: I was just going to say, you're right. If we're not learning, we're not living. Mm -hmm. Hmm.
1: Let's all live good lives. Ask lots of questions and and, uh, don't be afraid of those haints that cast shadows. They just have something really important to say and then they'll leave.
0: And you'll learn something, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Always always great talking with Janice from the the mountains of Georgia and uh, wish you well. Look forward next time we talk.
1: In the mountains of Virginia and the Blue Ridge.
0: I'm sorry. I got a friend in Georgia and he's in the mountains and I've been thinking about visiting him. So it's on my mind.
1: <laughs> well, and I'm from South Georgia. So you kind of hit all the bar. You hit everything across the top. Did well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> kind of the same geographic area, East Coast uh, over there. But uh, yeah, we're
1: not, we're not neither in Alaska. Yeah. Thanks for talking with me today and pondering this deep and incredible issue. It does. What make is it, you- like?
0: it does make you think. It really does. And maybe, maybe some of us. Maybe there are some walking among us, also those that you wouldn't suspect have a, a foot there in the other side, and we don't even realize
1: it. There's a good chance. Yeah, good yeah. chance.
0: All right, we'll talk soon.
1: Let's do. Let's do. Enjoy the rest of the weekend, the yeah. day, and in the, in, you know, in Georgia. Bye.
0: <laughs> Broadcasting from the business capital of the world. This is the Podcast Business News Network. This is you over 30 years ago. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And this is your mom when you drive her back from therapy. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Roles change without us noticing. And in your new role, we help you help. AARP gives you the information to help care for your mom so that you can have patience with her just like she did with you. Visit aarp.org caregiving or call 1-877-333-5885 to get practical health and wellness tips to provide even better care for your loved one. Are we there yet? Remember, visit aarp.org caregiving. AARP, we help you help. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.